0: Hello and welcome to this Customer Voice podcast series. I'm your host, Mala Ramakrishnan. I'm the Chief Operating Officer of KUVO. KUVO is a consumer engagement platform for media products. We're a machine learning platform. We're built to operationalize customer support and transform consumer engagement by giving a chance for users, for viewers to express themselves live in the app while they're engaging in an experience. With me today, we have Lyol Samna who has over 25 years of experience in media and entertainment and um, in various leadership roles across multiple companies, including his most recent ones as product owner for Horizon TV platform for Liberty Global, and then as the director of the Roku channel at Roku. Lyle, welcome.
1: We're so excited to have you.
0: Yeah. uh, Would you like to introduce yourself quickly beyond what I've said?
1: Yeah, sure. So um, my name is Lyle Sumner. I currently run my own consulting business, I've been in the media industry, uh, particularly around broadcast, IPTV, cable, uh, and streaming, um, so I've seen the whole journey from, I guess, linear to um, what, where we are now, um, yeah. so yeah, I'm uh, very actively engaged, and uh, uh, yeah, happy to talk about uh, Voice of Customer with you.
0: Fabulous. You know, we'd appreciate uh, if you can talk about your passion for transforming the consumer experience in media products.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, I've been doing transforming, you know, customers' experiences with media actually for a very long time. Um, when I first arrived in the UK, I was working for a company called Home Choice. Uh, if anyone's familiar with that, uh, it was one of the first streaming platforms in the world. We did not know, um, you know, we had to experiment. People didn't know what streaming was. People didn't know what on demand was. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so we were really coming into very different um, uh, experiences. Um, so that was, you know, that inventive nature that you need, um, you know, breaking new ground, uh, was always attractive to me. Uh, we got recognized quite, you know, by the industry for that. Um, but we actually really needed to use a lot of, a, you know, our own imagination, what we thought was going to be useful. Um, and then, you know, detailed that based on, you know, uh, customers usage patterns rather than directly from their feedback. Um, yeah, after that, I, I, went to the cable industry so I was working for Liberty Global um, helping to transform what was uh, their legacy uh, television platforms into next-gen so the television experiences we know now uh, in terms mm-hmm. of streaming and all the apps and all those kinds of things that are built into um, cable companies uh, television platforms you know I really helped to bring up um, uh, those kind of experiences for large you know uh, cable companies that were I guess a little bit behind the iptv platforms yeah most recently i was at roku um i think one of the big things that everyone's looking at now is how to make money from streaming when you know subscription rates are, are, are starting to slow down um right. so you know it was really interesting being at roku um particularly around the um the monetization models that they have so understanding how to hold consumers and how to monetize uh, once you have built a platform and a, and a a group of customers that will stay there and keep them there Um, you know so for me managing and trying to break new ground has always been something that's extremely exciting for me and you know obviously we've got AI now and and, you know we're we're heading into a whole new transformation Um, so it's really exciting times.
0: Absolutely yeah so a lot of pressure for monetization subscription models changing people moving from linear to streaming And you're saying there isn't a way to directly get feedback live from viewers. And so there's a lot of guesswork happening for um, massaging the experiences. You know, specifically, I'm so interested in your experience at Liberty Global. Would you tell us about your experience sitting in that seat where you actually own the customer experience? You know, just how many subscribers did you have? What was the scale of the challenges that you were addressing? And, you know, how did you go about it?
1: Yeah, I mean... Liberty Global is often described as the largest company you've never heard of. Um, obviously, if you're in the industry, you do know. Uh, mm-hmm. But It's not a consumer brand, of course, um, but it has, has 85 million uh, fixed and mobile connections. So mm-hmm. it's a very large organisation. It's got uh, operations currently in six countries, so in the UK with Virgin Media O2, Ireland, Virgin Media, uh, Belgium, with Telenet, and uh, here in the Netherlands where I'm sitting today, uh, Vodafone Ziggo. Uh, Switzerland Sunrise and uh, they also have an operation in UPC Slovakia but actually even previously you know Liberty Global is a large organization brings um, uh, operations in and it also sells those operations some of the operations that it's sold in the past is JTV in Japan, Unity Media in Germany, uh, VTR in Chile uh, and uh, other UPC brands such as Poland, uh, Czech and Hungary um, so yeah as you can imagine, working in a large organization like that and our product team, which is where I worked within Liberty Global um, for 12 years, you know, we really had to, um, you know, count for all of those different operations and all of those different needs. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, one of the big challenges for a cable company is actually, you know, tech companies and, the you know, the advent of streaming and everything else that's. Um, hitting that traditional business. So, you know, at a starting point, it's got a, a large level of competition coming in, so it needs to work out how to uh, how to compete. Um, additionally, cable and traditional television uh, networks are actually very highly regulated in each market, and they're regulated differently uh, in each market. Um, and that can have customer benefits, such as, you know, improving accessibility for customers, very important. Um, but it also comes with a cost, and especially if those... Uh, regulations are creating differences in those different markets. Mm -hmm. Uh, It creates um, decision points that you need to make, and all the streaming platforms are also needing to make those decisions. However, they're just facing a lot less regulation, and that is obviously uh, just going to increase for the streaming platforms. Uh, But as a cable business, it's been there for day one, I would say. Um, And obviously, in those markets, very different competition um, going on uh, with their competitive different landscapes. Um, So trying to uh, build a single product and and roll that out across a whole lot of diverse markets uh, can be particularly challenging um, if those, you know, competitors within those markets have very different services and and products on offer. Um, And, uh, you know, that, the nature of that basically creates, you know, uh, very competing demands onto Mm -hmm. the product development lifecycle and, you know the, the various stakeholders that are involved or obviously everyone's got you know perhaps a, a different hat on trying to push um agendas and so making those decisions making data-led decisions mm-hmm. uh, becomes ever critical in a larger organization where you have you have opinions and you actually have voice of customer and you have people complaining about certain things and people listening to certain parts of the voice of customer uh, and then trying to you know marry that is actually a, a really big challenge.
0: Fascinating. Yeah. It seems like a lot of, uh, uh, it's a confluence of many different things coming together, like regulators, internal dynamics, external politics. So what would you mm-hmm. summarize as the top three challenges when it comes to customer voice that you feel like is a tipping point for user engagement?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's pretty simple for me. The, 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 the top one is actionable data, you know, actionable, how, data. actionable data. How do I take action that will actually have the greatest impact? Yeah. Um, you know, because you, from a product development standpoint, you're always looking for that, you know, getting the biggest bang for your buck. Um, but how do I know I'm going to get the biggest bang for my buck? Especially if you're talking about whole of diverse things that you can do, you can have a list as long as you're on And it's a, you know, yeah. standard product development challenge, I think, is trying to understand and prioritize. Um, however, you know, you can get data in um, from so many different sources. And if you're trying to take all that data in, you know, really understanding what to do with that is, is, um, can be difficult. Um, and, you know, that goes to my second point. I think the second challenge would be uh, having those multiple sources itself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how do you give weight to each of those sources, uh, yeah. each of those channels? Um, and then how do you correlate those sources with one of the key sources, which is your what the customers are actually doing on your platform or on your service? Um, are you getting error codes? Are you getting, you know, are they finding dead ends or are they, you know, purchasing or what are they doing on the platform? Um, And, and how does that correlate to what people are saying? Um, And the, I think the final thing is the the biggest challenge is really about making customers feel like they're being listened to. Um, Mm -hmm. I think there's one thing to uh, offer customers the ability to fire off information or, or fire off complaints let's say you can put a survey out and, or you can put a, um, a form on your or, you know your website and you take that information in but actually what the customer also wants they want to know that you're doing something about it um, right. they obviously want to be able to solve a problem that's there and now in many cases and in some cases from a product development standpoint you're not able to immediately resolve that issue clearly you know something might take deep work it might take analysis it might take yeah, you know, months if not years to sometimes solve some issues depending on the complexity. Um, so you know, the question is, how does how does the customer know that you're listening to them? How yeah. do they know that you're taking that feedback? And when you actually solve the problem, that they actually know about it. So I think that that third challenge really is about the consumer having that dialogue because you want to take them with you on that journey uh, to make them feel like, oh well, I'm because it is valuable, hugely valuable that they provide that info. Um,
0: yeah.
1: And you want them to keep doing that, obviously, uh, but they're not going to do it if they, you know, if they feel like it's going through a giant void.
0: Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So, so it's the date, availability of data, the sources of data, and then you're saying the responsiveness to customers and at scale, right? And, yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. I mean, the one thing I might mention is, that, you know, if you're all of those sources, for example, you, you may have your NPS surveys, you might have customer surveys, you might have You know, what people are saying on social, community forums, which might be internal or external, you know, have your FAQs and, you know, on-platform services that may have, you know, communication tools uh, with customers. And then you've obviously got your customer care, what people are calling up about or, you know, filling in forms or emails or, you know, some people may still write letters, um, you know, to to give you feedback. And, you know, that's a whole lot of material um, that is, I would say, challenging to... Um, decide well. What's the, what does it mean? You yeah. know that actionable piece. What does it mean to me as a product development person? How do I solve that issue? What are they trying to say? Um, but then you know, how do I prioritize that? You know, yeah. how do I work out well which one actually has an effect? Because you know the customer's going to churn if I don't solve this problem, or maybe within my um, community forum, I have a whole lot of technical people that might be complaining about something that may create a lot of noise and create a lot of activity. But actually, if I solve that problem, it's for a minority. It might not necessarily move the needle in terms of you know keeping more customers on the platform and right. reducing churn, which may be sort of the other KPIs that are... You know, we'll Absolutely,
0: right. It's kind of like prioritization of the incoming data for us to be able to analyze those key cl- clusters of issues that need the focus. Um, and that's, that's basically what we do at Kuvo, right? We are continuously... Monitoring for data within as well as outside the organization from all sources, and our machine learning platform is learning and prioritizing, and then um, using generative AI at scale, we can automatically respond. We can do ads and content personalization, we can do marketing personalization, um, product prioritization, right? So um, mm-hmm. tell us more. What were the tools that you you've seen used within these organizations that help transform the consumer experience?
1: Yeah, I mean, it was interesting. I was responsible for uh, collating the voice of customer from all the different um, countries' um, operations to then try to formulate, um, I guess, a more consistent way to take the data in and take those actionable points out. Um, And, uh, yeah, so we actually had quite a diverse range of tools um, to to do that. Um, And as a starting point, you know, each of those different channels, you know, often had different ways of managing the data, very, very different ways of managing the data. So even within the same organisation, it may be that customer care takes in their data and they've got their own systems, but, you know, the technical teams have got their own systems and, and, you know, you're talking about a whole lot of little silos of of, of data points um, and you can sort of, you know, say, hey, well, what's happening on the web or what's happening here? But actually none of those systems are sort of, you know, they may, may, may be connected. Um, so, yeah, what I, I really saw in a large organisation like that, you know, Liberty, we, we had um, a challenge to, you know, bring that data together and make, uh, uh, you know, bring that, um, that together. And actually it, re- it required quite a lot of manual intervention uh, is the reality of it, you know. And I think, you know, the having an understanding of the semantic intention of somebody when Mm -hmm. they're writing a response, um, you know, if you sort of do queries or you did something in the olden days where it was like a little bit more simple, like, okay, is everyone complaining about something crashing or um, you may be able to get some very large um, uh, data visualizations around, you know, uh, common terms or expressions. Mm -hmm. Um, But actually if you sat down and read you know, feedback after feedback, which I, I did with many, many of the partners um, to sort of have a clear understanding of what was happening, um, it is in that sort of semantic understanding that you really say, oh, okay, now I really get what the point is. They may be, I may be asking a question about X, but they're uh-huh. actually responding about Y. Right. And, you know, um, and, and the driver for Y may be something that's, is not actually related to the product but may be related to another part of their experience. Right. Um, so, um, you know, inferring that information, um, I think, in, in a large organisation actually required a lot of uh, manual um, analysis and, you know, obviously combined with sort of large data analysis. But, you know, at the end of the day, if you, if you didn't look at the information, uh, it was actually sometimes challenging to work out what was going on.
0: Got it. Yeah, well, now what about I'd Love your take on it, um, on our product. Yes,
1: yes. Well, I mean, as I said, I think it's. <laughs> um, you know, I've, I I I found you because I thought that uh, you were hitting the nail on the head. I, I know this problem extremely well, right? Um, and you know, I've just been at IBC, and I've seen obviously over the over the years um, how AI has been building into. Um, you know, especially around Google and other organisations like that, um, how they've been building their products. But, you know, this was the first IBC where, you know, everything you touched was AI. Everyone had integrated um, AI. And If you haven't, you know, I, I literally don't know if, if there was anyone at IBC who hadn't <laughs> integrated AI into their into their data set. And the, the what it can offer, you know, is amazing because the 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 large data sets that are involved with um and i would say large evolving data sets that you get from customer feedback uh it's very as i already described really challenging to deal with really detailed and time consuming to go through and Mm -hmm. what ai can offer there is the ability to you know pull out meaning and pull out um you know do that analysis and learn from that um, data you know, a lot more effectively and faster um, than, uh, you know, doing it manually and I think doing it with traditional analysis. And obviously you're going to need to sort of balance it with having, you know, people that really know how to read the information and, and how to, you know, train some of these um, models. But I think those things are actually key. Uh, the other bit is, you know, back to that sort of actionable, um, taking actionable points out of the data set is, you know, the correlation there. So you're taking, you know, the ability to have AI to correlate the data, correlate the issues that cu- customers are having. Uh, having. Um, and once you start sort of, are, when you're able to visualize that, um, I see that Kubo's is, is doing that quite well, extremely well, um, being able to take the data sets in diverse data sets uh, and come out with analysis that actually is readable and actionable. Um, yeah. yeah, so that that's what I, it looks like you're doing well and you're on the right track. Um, yeah. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for that validation. And that's exactly what it is, right? We are uh, trying to zone in on how do you improve the overall consumer experience by just reading data sources and prioritizing issues and then figuring out actionable responses through chatbots or assistance that can automatically help uh, customer success managers, You know, product prioritization for product managers, but also add and content personalization so that the consumer becomes at the center of the equation. So thank you so much, Lyle, for your precious time in talking to us today. I really oh,
1: enjoyed you.
0: Yeah, I really enjoyed having you in our podcast series and truly appreciate your support of Google. Okay,
1: thanks.
0: Thank you.